All right, hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Uh, we've got an exciting one today. We hope that everybody had a very happy holiday season as this will come out after New Year's. We hope you had a good Christmas. We hope you had a great New Year's. We hope you had whatever holiday you celebrate. If it was Festivus for the rest of us, whatever it was, we hope you uh, had a great one. Um, and we're ready to, excited to kick off your 2024. Uh, like I said, we have an exciting show today. As always, I'm joined by uh, with Taylor. Hello there. Uh, we are missing Jack today, but filling in for Jack as he is on vacation in Spain. We got Ooh. Anthony from Force Ghost Conversations. Anthony, welcome and thank you for coming on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on and uh, Happy New Year to you both. Yeah, thank Happy you. New Year. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, Anthony, please tell our listeners and our viewers, tell them about you, you know, tell them about your channel, tell them about your love of Star Wars. The floor is yours, sir. Yeah, thanks, Jimmy. So I am the host of the podcast Force Ghost Conversations, which I like to describe it as a cozy place for deep dive discussions into all things Star Wars and Lucasfilm and adjacent things to Star Wars, which I know is the things we'll talk about today a little bit, such as Rebel Moon. I'll probably talk about the creator in 2024 a little bit, too, now that uh, the strikes are over and can talk about all the fun stuff that happened uh, during that time period. But it's just a great place to have Wonderful discussions about all things uh, in a galaxy far, far away that we love. The shows, the movies, TV shows, um, the books, comics, anything is fair game. And we're just here to celebrate it and take deep dives into the themes that really matter to to us and to, uh, to extrapolate what we can take from it and bring it, bring it into the modern lexicon that we live in today and, and to just become better people as a result. Basically, we're students of Star Wars here at Forest Ghost Conversations awesome. and we like to take that um, each and every day with us. I awesome, love that. Awesome. Students of Star Wars. Yeah. Students of Star Wars. You're like Yoda, Anthony. Yeah. I try my best. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so um, when would you say your love of Star Wars, like when did it kick in? You know, obviously you love it enough to want to do a podcast, which, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's time consuming and can be difficult, but enjoyable. Only crazy so people do that. You, obviously you have a deep love <laughs> of Star Wars. Can you tell us a little bit about like when that started? What, you know, really jump started it for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say my, I, I was a, I was into Star Wars a little bit starting around 1999. Um, when I was four, the prequels came out and uh, I started going to see the movies. Um, I just have vague memories of that time period for sure. But um, really my fandom totally took off in the summer of 2003 when um, Attack of the Clones came out on like direct TV. You could watch it anytime you wanted if you owned a certain channel, which my uncle did. And uh, we literally watched that movie 300 times that summer. Uh, and that's not an exaggeration. It was literally just on repeat, 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 repeat. And uh, oh, I spent the entire it. summer there. We watched it every day, multiple times a day. So yeah, 300 is a, actually a conservative estimate at this point. <laughs> um, so that's really my where my love began. And then uh, I got the, the DVDs of the 2004 um, special editions, um, watched those to almost the breaking point where they would almost fall apart now if I probably put them into a, into a DVD player at this <laughs> yeah. point. And then Revenge of the Sith, really skyrocket all that the whole era you know the clone wars the tartakovsky clone wars series like it was out with that time 
Battlefronts 1 and 2 came out in that period. It was just a very nurturing time to be a fan. And, you know, my uncle saw A New Hope 10 times in the theater in 77. So he kind of fostered that relationship with me on that front. He and I saw Revenge of the Sith together opening night in cinema. And beyond there, that's where it all took off from that point. And then, you know, 2021, I decided let's... Let's uh, you know do a podcast about this. I think I have some ideas that uh, maybe people yeah. don't have or they're not thinking about or you know just want to talk about the deeper themes about Star Wars and how it applies to me and can maybe affect other people in their lives. Um, I hosted a podcast for um, a professional work that I did a few years ago and and a job that I had and you know I kind of had a, my my boots on the ground when it came to that. And, and in college, I did a um, uh, we had a college radio station on campus, so I was a part of that, and I hosted a heavy metal radio show for for, for three years at the same wow, time. He's got quite the um, resume, Jimmy. so yeah. wow. So you know, putting all that together, and you know, I just wanted to um, sh- showcase my love of Star Wars and uh, um, get my voice out there and create a wonderful fandom and make friends like like you all um, who yeah. are into the similar stuff too. I feel like this was the right time to do it, and uh, here we are, two years later. Awesome! Wow. That's quite a journey, man. It's you know all about family. That's that's fantastic. And again, thank you so much for coming on. And I had to ask you, I'm just about to start your recaps of Ahsoka. Um, how did you feel about the music then, like on the opening scene of Sabine rocketing down? Because you, know, you got the heavy metal background. Did you love it or? Oh yeah, yeah, I loved it. I mean, I think people have made it very clear, like it, you know that scene how it plays out is very similar to the. 2009 Star Trek introduction with uh, Shat, um, not William Shatner, but uh, oh, Captain yeah. Kirk with the Beastie Boys, Dragon. and I felt you know the yeah. the whole uh, nice. vibes were entirely similar on that front, and uh, I just thought the first off the original song that they did with that was really good too. Um, and uh, speaking of just music in general, that Kevin Kiner score across the board is oh, is excellent. Fantastic. Uh, Would highly I recommend anybody if you haven't listened board. to that those two volumes on Spotify right now, go do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big fans of the of kiner here on this show yes. so we, we were real oh, excited gosh. for him and yeah um all right so again welcome to the show we're gonna dive into our uh force encounters taylor i think you have a pretty good one don't you you want to start us off um yes so actually i kind of have a couple but i'll just limit it down to one (laughs) um so this uh holiday season i went to vancouver island because that is where my parents live and my daughter's grandparents so they live right on lake cowichan and we i was there in the summer too so um but anyways we have to take a ferry and it's a two two and a half hour ferry to the island and it's like a four four to seven level ferry so it's quite big and and you have yeah and you have your cars underneath and um and it was a a total windstorm and it was super choppy and there was just like crazy rain and as i'm like walking up the seven floors and going in the elevators and walking in the hallways to go to the washroom for the 700th time with my four-year-old daughter I'm like realizing like this really feels like a Star Wars ship would feel to me, to me, right? Yeah. Like there's this permanent hum in the background. Like it's not perfectly sturdy. So like you're looking and everyone's kind of swaying back and forth with the waves like a little bit. And um, like there's like relaxing areas and there's like food and I, I don't know. It just, and there's like people traveling with their families and it really just reminded me of 
like a Star Wars ship flying through the galaxy and how it would feel. So on the spots where I couldn't see out the window, I was like pretending I was on like a Star Wars ship or something. And it was, I was enjoying that. That was me escaping from my crazy holiday for like five seconds. But yeah, that was fun. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, That's what about awesome. you? I can't, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine that ferry ride. Like we rode a ferry from, you know, from New York to, you know, out to see the Statue of Liberty and I got seasick because I'm, <laughs> so it was like yeah. 10 minutes. So yikes. Well, That's yeah. T- if you, if you stop like on the really choppy parts where you could like feel and like my car is like rolling a little bit back and forth, like everyone's e-brakes are on obviously. And like mm. ones that look iffy have like blocks under them, <laughs> like but um, like my daughter kept getting car sick cause she's like looking down at her like book or whatever. And then she's yeah. like, I feel sick. And I'm like, you have to look <laughs> out the window and it's just like, mm-hmm. but it's just the water. So Wow. Yeah, yeah you'd probably crazy. get really seasick. It's not usually so be... choppy. So. All right. When we come visit, I hope it's not choppy. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. Don't worry. We won't. Um, we won't even go on it. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, how about you? Have any force encounters over the holidays? So interestingly enough, I didn't have a whole lot in terms of Star Wars interactions over the last week. Here, I went to Raleigh, North Carolina, to hang out with my. Uh, wipe side of the family. That's where we usually spend the Christmas holidays with them. And, you know, because of Rebel Moon, <laughs> which we watched <laughs> three three times over the course of the week. How? <laughs> that, I'm sorry. That took, up a, <laughs> that took up a whole lot of the time. Plus, I read the novelization in that time frame, too. Oh, wow. I've, I've taken a deep dive Dang into you. into the moon. You're all in. Um, awesome. So I will say I did go to Disney Springs, kind of like the downtown Disney area of uh, the Orlando area last night with my wife. And we did the Christmas tree kind of hunt that they have there, which they have like maybe 10 to 12 trees kind of aligned out through the area that are themed in different ways. And one of them, the last one we found that was actually Star Wars themed. So yes. that had a bunch of like Stormtrooper helmets on it and and uh, green kind of symbolized, symbolized Yoda a little bit there. Um, so that was kind of the main thing. The last thing that I'll note too is that um, I did get the new book um, Jedi. Um, oh, I'm blanking on the name here, but it's the new kind of kids book by Charles Soule and his daughter, um, Brave in Every Way. I believe it's called Jedi <gasps> Brave in Every Way. Wow. It's kind of like a, a more children's focused book based in the higher public era that I got for my. Uh, almost one and a half year old niece. Um, so I was reading that to her a little yeah. bit over the course of uh, the holiday break. And she seemed to really enjoy uh, the Wookiee characters a lot that are in that. So that was is a it, lot of fun. Is that, awesome. the, is that the young Jedi adventures book? It has like the three young Jedis on the front. Um, Maybe it's not in the high. The, um, there is some young Jedi in it, but it's not from like oh, young not... Jedi adventures. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got the young Jedi adventures and it's like a, something about being brave and whatever. So I thought it might be the same one, but I haven't read it yet. So I don't know. <laughs> Wow. Well, that's great. That's awesome, too, because like you sat there and you talked about your uncle. Now you're passing it on. It's a really family, a, a real family tradition. So that's that's awesome, man. Keep up the great work. Um, for yeah. me, yesterday was a super Star Wars day. Um, mm-hmm. I have other things I want to talk about for Christmas, but I think we're doing an episode on that next week or something like that about all the things <laughs> yeah. gotten and stuff. But uh, I got to be a co-host on the end of the 2023 review of every single Star Wars Funko Pop that came out. I expected it to be <laughs> kind of long. 
but it was three and a half hours and it was, and it, you know, it was fun. The only reason I was worried about the time is I had another meeting I had to go to <laughs> at one o'clock. We started at nine, got done at 1230 here, but, um, I was really <laughs> thankful that, um, star seriously, star Wars, um, poptography and Jedi Lex invited me over and we made, um, we've made some new friends, I think in the star Wars universe. I, and that's not, one of the things I love the most about having started this podcast and we talked about a little bit was like everyone we're getting to meet like Anthony, I wouldn't, like, we would never know each other, but here we are talking star Wars. And I, I've absolutely loved that aspect of it. Um, like I said, it was three and a half hours. It was a lot of mm -hmm. fun. And I think we've made some new friends. And, uh, <laughs> I know that they'll be reaching out to us and we're going to be bringing them on our show and different things like that. But there's a live feed on it. I believe it's on our channel, on our YouTube channel. It wouldn't really work as a podcast because you can't see what we're talking about. But, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, that was my kind of my Star Wars Enforced Encounter um, for the week. So very cool. And now that's so fun. Uh, yeah, it was it was a fun. I just I was like, Oof, three and a half hours really diving into the Funkos and different <laughs> things like that. And they're massive collectors and they do Funko Pop stuff every weekend. They do a show. They have these massive collections. You know, usually I have more Funkos than anyone I know and they make me look silly. So um, but it was a lot of fun. They're super generous host and uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully going back on there again. But yeah, it sounds like we all had a great, great holidays. <laughs> lots of force encounters. I know. We're going to probably talk about it later, Taylor, on another show, but we'll get into some of that yes. stuff. Um, <laughs> but let's see if there's any news coming out of Batu today. Mm -hmm. All right. So on a report from CNBC reports, Disney made Star Wars a top fam film franchise of 2023 without a theatrical release since 2019. Uh, I saw this headline. I was like, wait, what? Um, some key points, despite not releasing a theatrical film since 2019, Star Wars has been named the top film franchise of 2023 by fandom, which is an app um, and a website. Star Wars number one ranking suggests that Disney's revitalization of the brand is working despite some people's opinions. Uh, Disney's <laughs> success with Star Wars can also offer a blueprint to other film franchises that are a process of restarting or evolving, namely Marvel, Warner Brothers, Discovery's Harry Potter, and DC Studios. I was kind of blown away by this. I didn't... I've used fandom, like because that's like Wikipedia and things like that, but it also has Marvel. It has... Um, I'm just going to read off the, the list here. And it basically goes by clicks to their website all right so um their top 10 rankings go star wars disney harry potter the mcu dceu the hunger games jurassic park dune james bond and then avatar comes in at number 10 um their fandom scoring is based on five metrics how many content pages the franchise has on its fandom site now, star wars does have like canon and legends pages so like that's a ton. yeah um Ratings from critics, fans, how often the franchise is represented in the real world through conventions and fan events, cultural relevance to those who are not core to the fan base, and the amount of new content from the franchise to sustain interest. So there's it's a lot super of negativity. Legit. Yes, there's so much negativity, I feel like, from a lot of people about how Star Wars and Disney's ruining Star Wars and blah, blah, blah. And we don't get into all that there. I mean, it was things we love, things we don't love, but 
it's never been perfect. It never will be perfect. It's impossible. Nothing what do you guys perfect. think about hearing when you hear that? And I know it's, it's, you know, this is based off of fandom. It's based off an app, but this is like for all nerds, you know, I mean, it has, <laughs> I've read the list. There's tons of stuff you can go on there and see what do you, how do you, how does that make you feel? What do you think of um, that information? Honestly, hearing that Star Wars is like the number one Disney like show, like, brand it just makes me so happy and it makes me feel justified for how i feel about star wars and now i can point at my husband and go ha ah, about 50 million other people <laughs> think the same thing so <laughs> it just it makes me feel happy and it obviously shows disney that they need to keep doing what they're doing so we're gonna keep getting what we've been getting so it, it's all good it's all good stuff except for i don't know how they're gonna redo the harry potter <laughs> series that frustrates me <laughs> That will be tricky, I think. But we, uh, <laughs> fortunately, we're not a Harry Potter uh, <laughs> podcast. podcast. I don't have to worry about it. We could so, change. Happy Anthony, Harry. Um, I've, I've listened to a bunch of your stuff. You're super positive. How does this make you feel? This has got to make this has got to fire you up. Well, yeah, I think um, first and foremost, the the negativity here is a vocal minority, a very vocal minority. I think social media sites give them a platform to amplify their voices to make it seem like there's more of them but uh you know in rise of skywalker there's more of us than there are of them so <laughs> it just it makes me feel good that you know um there are a lot of people out there enjoying the stories being told i like that you know it gives credence to the variety of different storytellers that are behind the processes at star wars both you know people behind the camera people people um that are you know, the actors and the actresses that they have um, putting the performances together and all that stuff. Like, again, like what Tarot said, keep doing um, what they're doing. Like, this is keep to the blueprint. Things are working for them. And uh, I'm very excited to see what this 2024 slate holds and beyond. I think, you know, it's, it's a lot of avenues for ripe storytelling in the Star Wars galaxy, henceforth and beyond. So, you know, I think it should just continue to be a gold standard benchmark for other franchises to aspire to. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. I was super excited to see that. I agree with everything. So, um, that you just said like, it just, it's awesome. The future looks bright. You know, 2024 is going to be another great year. So, uh, Taylor, you got anything for us? Yes. Um, so actually yesterday I posted this awesome, uh, video on our Facebook page. So if you guys didn't see it, um, uh, it is the YouTube, the YouTube channel Hello There, also on socials known as Hello There Animation, has just released the last 15 minutes of the Revenge of the Sith, but in Clone Wars animation. Uh, go check this out. The link will be on the show notes below. So, okay, so we'll add it um, to the bottom of our link here. But I also posted it a couple days ago, and it is freaking awesome. It's so cool. Um I think a couple of people might have had issues watching it, though, so I'll have to get back to you guys. I think Daniel messaged me and was like, I need to watch it. I can't see it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was super awesome. Did you guys watch? Did you watch it, Anthony? So I haven't watched the full clip yet. I've seen some like snippets on both TikTok and on Twitter. And uh, so far, it's been a great experience i think um you know there's a lot of people that you see online that are like oh i wonder if they ever did like a revenge of the sith in clone war style animation and now they actually get to see some of that here yeah um and it'll be cool maybe someone will do like a longer version of it that kind of juxtaposes with the animation that was done for that last um, siege of mandalore arc 
um, yes. to make it full one smooth motion of that Ooh. type of animation style. So um, I think the sky's the limit again. It's just, just a great way for fandom to express themselves and to showcase that the Clone Wars is awesome and people have really resonated with it over the last 15 years. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I found it this morning. I already even see it on, the, on our socials. <laughs> um, and I was, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I watched it. He has a little clip, kind of like a what-if scenario about Ahsoka and things like that. So it was yeah. really kind of cool. And, yeah, I didn't even think about that, Anthony. If they could, you know, there's so many people out that are so talented. If they could, like, slice those up and piece it all together with the Siege of Mandalore and, you know, whenever she can kind of feel it. And, you know, Maul's talking about, can you feel it? You know, and that would be <laughs> awesome. That would be, I, I got goosebumps all over again now. So that's, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, if you right? haven't like seen that, it yet, um, we'll have the links for that article and we'll have the link for um, that YouTube video. Go check them out. Um, get that guy, you know, subscribe and follow. It's a lot of talented mm. people. I'm not even sure who Hello Their Animations are. I know we've reached out to them to start chatting with them a little bit because I just, I was blown away and immediately just reached out to them. So we'll yeah. to find out a little bit more about them. So. Very right? cool. Like, like, yeah, wasn't that guy who deep faked Luke Skywalker's face better? He was hired by Lucasfilm after they saw it on YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, everyone's like, oh, it's possible. Let's get our stuff out on the internet. So I'm excited to hear what, or see what is going to come out in the next few years. Because fan stuff is awesome sometimes. All right. So not a ton of news coming out of uh, Bat 2 this week. But we do have, um, you know, the whole main reason we're here is not Star Wars related technically. So <laughs> we are going to uh, dive into the Netflix original Zack Snyder t uh, movie. Would you call it a movie? A uh, movie because it's got multiple parts coming out. Perform I mean, it's a franchise, right? <laughs> yeah. Franchise? Yeah, universe. Yeah, universe. <laughs> universe, his own universe. I do know there's plans for like comic books and different things like that if it's successful. Actually, and we'll talk about some of that stuff. But um, yeah, so we're going to dive into Rebel Moon Part One, A Child of Fire. This is, um, I think, this is straight off IMDb, but a 2023 American space opera film directed by Zack Snyder from a screenplay he co-wrote with John, or, I'm sorry, Kurt Johnston and Shay Hatton, based on a story Snyder conceived. Um, and we think that it was his Star Wars pitch to Lucasfilm, right? I mean, that's what I, mean, I don't know if we ever had it confirmed that that actually happened. Yeah. But this was the mm -hmm. story he wanted to. Um, but it's set in a fictional galaxy ruled by the Mother World, whose military, the Imperium, threatens a farming colony on the moon of Velt. Korra, a former Imperium soldier, ventures on a quest to recruit warriors from across the galaxy to make a stand against the Imperium before they return to Velt. So we got ourselves a seven samurai in space again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when a colony on the edge of the galaxy finds itself threatened by the armies of the tyrannical regent Balsarius, they dispatch a young woman with a mysterious past to seek out warriors from neighboring planets to help them take a stand. <laughs> We've got tons of actors in this. You've seen a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, Sophia Botella is the main star. She is has been in... She was the the mummy in the mummy with Tom Cruise, I believe. She mm -hmm. was also in the um, the Kingsman. She had like sword feet. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> this is the first time I've seen her as you know the main star or something. I thought she did all right. Ed Screen, Charlie Hunnam, uh, Ray Fisher, Mich uh, Michelle Huzman, Jinmon. I'm sorry, Jimon Huzan. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. Team up with a motley crew of outcasts on a quest of bravery. 
or stupidity the force only knows um <laughs> the ratings for this thing this is kind of what we're going to talk about nico you know on this show we try to be positive we're going to find some positive things yeah. um, the imdb <laughs> score is not awesome it's 5.7 out of 10 rotten tomatoes is a 24 percent going down um, but I do think there are some positives that come out of this. I know, like, kind of yeah. like what Anthony said, there are the you know those people out there who want everything to be terrible, apparently. So hmm. I think some of those voices have been echo or echoing through some of these ratings. But yeah, you know. well, ex- only a few days ago it was Rotten Tomatoes was twenty five percent, so now it's yeah. going down to twenty four. No, I don't right, know so how. I think you have some other ratings for us. Yeah, Google ratings. Uh, we have two point eight out of five is the average, but seventy six percent of Google users liked the film. So more people liked it than didn't, which is good, right? It was quite interesting. Uh, it was released on December fifteenth, twenty twenty three. Perfect uh, for holidays, and you can find this on Netflix. So it's not you would automatically assume it goes to Disney, but it's not. Netflix picked it up. Um, and the film budget for this was one one uh, hundred sixty six million. I apparently can't read today, um, <laughs> but I mean, it looked pretty good. Like it looked good. Well, it looked right. It looked phenomenal. Yeah. Like, I mean, one positive thing was, I mean, it looked like they spent some money on it. It wasn't something they just <laughs> thrown together. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we just you know we read off the ratings, and like I said, we're not going to let that stuff like really sway us like we're gonna give you guys our honest opinions but um mm. yeah on netflix is that budget of 166 million do we know that that's for both parts because there is a part one and yep. a part two. Oh so yeah that's for both of them okay because they obviously what? filmed it all at the same time right yep both of them and the extent so technically it's four movies for the price of 160 million. <laughs> oh, wow. okay. there are uh zach snyder cuts coming the uh-huh. famous snyder cut for this will be airing what a couple weeks before part two releases i believe I think really that's the rumor well that's the rumors you know it's hard to yeah i sometimes it's just, you know what's fact and what's people making <laughs> up um but you know supposedly there's a snyder cut coming of the first part before the second one's release and then they're going to have a snyder cut of all of it together or the second part which i'm not sure why you need a snyder cut when it's on a streaming service and there are no rules about and he's you know, the, the director and writer yeah, we can talk about that a bit later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, all right, Taylor, exactly. you want to take us through some of the questions we can talk about a little bit? Yeah, so I kind of wanted to. I really wanted to like dig into this film because, like we talked about earlier, we're very sure that Zach pitched this to Disney as a Star Wars film, mm-hmm. and we can't one hundred percent confirm that, right? And they pretty much said, no, we don't want it. He said, you know what? I'm making it anyways. Well, I'm just going to change some names. So, you know what? It's, I think it is right up our alley. We need to check this out, obviously. So I thought uh, we could check out the different aspects of it. So we'll just go through, go through a few different, um, I guess, parts of it that I thought we should talk about. So first part, what did you guys think of the acting of the main, like, I don't know. We'll go with the main group. Like, what did you think of the acting, the actors? Go ahead, Anthony. So, I'm happy to yeah, start yeah, us go here. For it. I, I think, so uh, full disclosure, I love this movie. Um, I was event, it was event viewing for me. I was up at 10 p.m. on uh, the last Thursday, the 15th, watching this thing. Um, I watched it with my brother-in-law, and then I watched it the next morning. And then I watched it the following day with my wife, and then I read the novelization that Monday all in one sitting, basically, which is based off of the three-hour version, the, the extended awesome. cut, the R-rated version. So, like, 
So fully... you know what's happening. You know what's coming oh, up. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, yeah. I can tell you. I can explain why, like, you know, there's... Let me just say, there's a reason there's a PG-13 version and this R-rated version. Oh, like, okay. it's very Ooh, sexy. Right. The R-rated version is very sexy, and it's not really kid-appropriate at all. <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> I had to watch the kid version when I could have been watching, like, the rated version? <laughs> well, oh, maybe well, you, you go back and watch it and uh, have a different viewpoint on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... it's 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 very erotic. Let's just say that uh, after reading the novelization, it's 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 going to be wild if, if exactly what it, I read is a direct one to one version of it. It's it's going to get a little weird and bonkers. I can tell you that. Um, to, to answer your question about some of the acting here, though, like I thought that the performances were very warranted and valid for what they were, you know, trying to attempt and to achieve in this part one. I think some of the performances that stood out to me most, first and foremost, will be Admiral Noble. Does this person give me bone chilling, that bone chilling feeling when they are on screen? And that answer was yes. This person was very maniacal, did not care for the people underneath them and fit the bill of this mother world fascist organization that is going to take everything and give nothing. Um, So that was great. Um, I think next after that is Gunner, um, kind of the number two of the group in a way, mm. um, played by the both Darios from Game of Thrones are I in this film, say, which is yeah, kind of funny. funny. Yeah, so you know this farmer that is really not a fighter at all. Of all the group members, can this person that's not supposed to be brave do they and not supposed to be courageous at all? Do they have courage at the end of this film? And yes, I think he achieves that um, he did, by showcasing yeah. with that great twist about. You know, if if he hadn't grown at all throughout this journey, he would have just taken out Korra and the members of the team there as he was instructed to do by Kai. And that leads me to my next point here, which is Kai. I think he actually, you know, Charlie Hunnam was probably the most powerful performance of this in some regards because I didn't see that twist coming in my first viewing. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and now that you watch it in subsequent viewings I have, you're like, oh, yeah, I should have seen that better. Um, <laughs> the writing yeah. was on the wall there from the start when he's like, I'm an opportunist. I was like, oh, you yeah, need I me. <laughs> Why are yeah. you doing this for bags of grain? Yeah. yeah. Dude, that, that dude was playing chess while everyone else was playing checkers. I can tell you that. It's true. Uh, it's good. And, uh, like you know. That. Char- Charlie Hunnam, you know, he had that, that wonderful Scottish Irish accent going <laughs> through there. And uh, it's one of those, you know, true Han Solo esque characters where you never know where they're going to land. And the, unlike Han, where he comes in at the end of the day to save the group, this guy did the ac- exact opposite and said, <laughs> All right, turn you in. Um, so that was great. I think Cora was really good too. We're definitely going to get a lot more of her in the uh, part two. Um, for sure. And, and, and especially in the part one, there's a lot more with her about her backstory and, and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So those are some of the main ones. I really like Ray Fisher as um, Darian Bloodaxe. I think he was another standout character for me here too. And really his performance showcased the stakes of this, of this um, universe and film overall. Um, the fact that I believe that he's dead at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Haven't seen the body, but uh, you know, I have a good feeling that he took a couple shots to the chest there and, you know, probably and fell from a great length uh, up in the sky to who knows what underneath there. Yes. Um, his kind of just, the 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 passion that he he brought to the character and 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 say, showcasing those lines that he had where he was kind of saying like why are we not fighting for these people why are we hiding behind our values and our vision like that was really powerful to me as like well why do we fight why does a rebellion fight why do they stand behind walls and be cowardice when they should be out in the front and to kind of be a uh, a martyr for that reason uh, overall is just something that I found to be very powerful throughout the course of it so overall I think 
great stuff. I, I'm excited to see again in the thir- three hour version mm-hmm. a bit more what they have to play with there. And of course, this is a part one, so um, you know I have to see what the full story showcases yeah. before really giving uh, full full marks to anybody. But those are some of the standouts thus far. Awesome. Very good. Taylor, about you? I honestly, um, Sophia's acting. So Cora, the main girl, her acting was so good. Like, uh, and honestly, I didn't love this movie like Anthony did, but. I loved her acting. Like you could just, you looked at her and you just believed that she felt this. Like she's, she's living this experience and her emotions. And when she's telling stories and I love her little bit of that accent a little bit and like her passion. I just, I really, really enjoyed her acting. And like, I, I swear she's doing a ton of the stunts and stuff herself. Like she obviously much. Oh yeah, like she's capable of it. She, that's for sure. Because she's, she's so awesome. Like, like I don't know, just how she can move around and maneuver. And there's so many slow motion shots of her doing stuff. Zach so it's Snyder's like, how, yeah, that's a Zack Snyder for sure. So much slow John motion, Lewis. and a lot of those slow motions were like amazing to to watch. Right. Yeah. Uh, I really really liked her acting. Um, Charlie Hunnam's accent was actually just really annoying to me. And I know that I think that is his accent in real life, right? He's British. Okay. Cause I have seen him in so many different things and he has a different accent in absolutely everything. (laughs) And when he's talking at the beginning of this film, I'm just like, what is going out of that guy's mouth right now? And then slowly it gets better or maybe I just get used to it. So I wasn't really a fan of that. Um, but uh, the farmer was good too. I've never seen him in anything else. I've never watched Game of Thrones. You guys obviously have seen him in Game of Thrones. For like um, one season. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought he looked like Cassian Andor, <laughs> like a mega oh, yeah. Cassian yeah, a Andor look alike and like accent alike. I don't know. I was just like ah. But um, yeah, I did. I did like the acting. Um, but there was that one actor, I don't know what his name is. He looked like Matthew McConaughey and he was just like shirtless the whole time. Shirtless Matthew <laughs> McConaughey with brown hair. I, I don't know how that's much. By the, the Michelle Hoosman. Yeah, I wasn't 100% sold on that character. The we'll prince just... or the king of the. Um, I can't think of the, his, his title. You're yeah, he's like the king, like, but... but he's like paying off. Like his yeah. debts for being oh, for pr- crimes against the mother yeah. world, <laughs> Prince. Yeah, and he's just like, I can ride her. It's like, why haven't you been the months you've been here already? I don't know. I don't know. Because of his honor, though, I think that's part of the reason. But yeah, I kind of echo what you guys you guys say. Sophia, yes, Butella, leading lady, action star. I think she's got a bright future of not just being, you know, like the extra or the villains. I think she, and I think too, seeing her in her hood and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, man, she just screamed Jedi to me. Like I want to see her wielding a lightsaber. Mm. Now I was really impressed with her Ed screen. He, you know, he's a great actor. Charlie Hunnam. I love, 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 loved sons of anarchy. So it is really, really hard for me sometimes <laughs> to see him as anything other than Jack's teller, but um, exactly. I thought he did all right. <laughs> I was kind of bummed that, you know, his character goes the way it does. The accents, I will say it surprised me a little bit, um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. I know they're trying to make this, you know, everyone from different places and bringing yeah. lots of different universes together. <laughs> so, I mean, if um, 
what's his name can have a Boston accent in Star Wars, you know, so <laughs> we can yeah. have, we have we're going to have an Irish accent or Scottish accent from, you know, Ray Fisher. Uh, hopefully we'll see more of him in the extended cut, maybe mm-hmm. just like in, uh, you know, the Justice League or whatever. And then the rest of them, too. And I also like I said this before we aired as a, I can't pronounce his name, Jimon Hansu. He always seems like he he's such a fantastic actor. Everything I've seen him in, I've always enjoyed his his, uh, his the job he does. And he never seems mm-hmm. to really get to do much in a lot of the films he's in and again i feel like they kind of he was there but was he there you know he just kind of shows up at the end again i feel like they kind of cheated him a little bit and he's such a great actor i really want to and the, and the story they built up with him i want mm. to see what this guy can do you know mm. i want to see him but I'm, I'm assuming he's going to be leading things <laughs> in the second half because he's going to be the general that you know they went out and got him so yeah acting overall i thought was great um you know not perfect, but yeah, I thought it was it was it was well done. Mm-hmm. So, what about the special effects overall? What did you guys think of the special effects in this film? I felt like yeah. they were on the volume. Sometimes it looked like they were on the volume a lot. Um, I thought it was beautiful um, backgrounds and scenery. Um, sometimes it looked fake. It looked volumey to me. I know I don't, I'm pretty sure they weren't on the volume given that's like a Lucasfilm, you know, uh, ILM, you know, industrial light and magic. I guess if you pay the money, they don't probably care who uses it, but, yeah, um, that's true. So it did feel kind of volumey to me because it had some of the same issues with spacing, right? Everything was like real small and tight in a few places, but when they were right. out on, on locations, I, I feel is when you can tell the difference is really beautiful settings. Um, and some of, like you said, some of the, like the jumping sequences and, uh, just some of the slow-mos and some of the things like that that happened, I thought that were really awesome. So the, I thought the special effects pretty cool. And of course it's always dangerous to try to, uh, replicate, uh, lightsabers, <laughs> but I thought the flame swords, yeah, that was, that was pretty sick. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was kind of like, Ooh, <laughs> yeah, like she whipped awesome. them out. Like, so, <sighs> yeah. And yeah. she's just fighting with them for a while. And then all of a sudden she just ignites them. And I was just like that was pretty awesome mm-hmm. and of course to the the i know i see aliens down here later but the special effects with that giant spider that was pretty good <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was creepy yeah so, that whole scene anthony what about you how do you feel about the special effects i mean top marks frankly across the board for me on that front i mean you see films with 200 plus 300 million dollar budgets these days that can't hold a candle to what they produced in, in this movie. Yeah. Uh, even, you know, the, the creator, you know, there's some other low, lower budget films that have done great with their VFX work. And I don't know what the difference is between the two of them. You would think, you know, with more money behind those budgets and, and those films and the teams that they have behind them, that they'd be able to put together some less, uh, you know, video game cutscene looking, <laughs> uh, uh, C- CGI and, and set design and all that stuff. But like, you know, I, w- I do want to applaud the the team too for building the actual set that is the the whole Veld town that that um yeah. the, the whole farming village is a real set that they built nice. out in I, I think in the valleys of California that you know I think that was a great pay later move for them to you know they were, they were doing both at the same time filming both films and um just getting that 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 feel for that town probably helped in their performances you got to imagine. Um, yeah. And putting that that the whole thing together, rather than looking at a green screen and then playing with some fake uh, grain in the sand and all that stuff, <laughs> like yes, you know, we'll see some bit more of the farming stuff, I imagine, in part two. 
uh, maybe even some more of it in part one, frankly, in the extended version. But um, they actually did farm like real grain there. Like that's a <laughs> really <laughs> they actually do that. Yeah. And then uh, I've heard in interviews, Zach had like his own like pot of grain uh, farm and his own house or something like that. So he knew like when the right heights would be theoretically. So when he'd go out and shoot those scenes um, where they should be and all that stuff. So he could have a sense of that to know like what days of oh. the schedule they should have farming the grain and whatnot. Um, but I you know, just that. going across the various towns and, and, and um, planets that they did. I mean, that's, it's not something easy to put together and it's a film that's going to be very visual effects heavy, but I thought some of those like Imperium drop ships and that dreadnought, like that stuff was top tier, you know, CGI work put it together there. And you mm. mix that together with some pretty good um, makeup artists, artistry that they did for some of those creatures too. Um, particularly that brothel scene was pretty wild and metal. Um, just straight menagerie out of like Jabba's palace too. I mean, like, Oh my gosh, this is wild. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I thought top, top marks on all that stuff for them. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. There was so many beautiful scenes, like right off the bat. Um, the scene with the huge planet right there. And she's like, Oh yeah. She's working the field with that big, um, like Belgian horse with like a big, head thing on <laughs> I the, the Iraqi <laughs> yeah right right okay so I am like been a big horse person in my life so I'm like ah oh, Belgians so like I know exactly what kind of horse they are by their feet you know what I mean so um but it was very cool because they did they didn't just use a big animated like animal to do it like they used a physical working living thing. And then they added a little bit mm -hmm. of stuff to it after, which is awesome because then you have the proper movements. Like when, um, they were hitting the, when they shot the droid or, or robot and then the horses spooked and ran away. It was good. Cause that's exactly what happened in real life. So I love that. Um, uh, I loved all the planets that were just super up close and the lighting was great. And I really liked the slow motion, like action shots, like where the, uh, probably not, but like, you know, like the bullet just barely grazes past mm -hmm. her face, you know, like the Zack Snyder film classics. There was a lot of those. I think he could have probably cut half of those <laughs> out and then it would have made those slow motions that much better and not like, okay, here comes another one. Um, but there was one scene that I did notice that it just looked like the effects. It looked like they had forgot to go back and work on it. Um, it was, it's like 40 minutes towards the end of the film, looking at it as you, if you're watching on Netflix and they're flying through this planet that has all the floating rocks and stuff. Um, and it's like the pillars, but they're like not actually attached. And I'm not sure what planet that was or, but I just remembered that those ships flying through all the rocks and stuff just looked not mm. finished, not finished, but every other scene I loved. So, and every planet was different, like that. the city planet and like mm -hmm. the pretty much the Tatooine planet with the Griffin, like they were very they cool how every single planet was different. And I liked that. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Right. So awesome. Yeah. Special effects. Great. Everything so far. So good. Anthony, we're going to give you the floor because we do know that you, um, you've got some things you got to go do. It sounds like you're having an exciting, uh, dinner dates so we're going to give you the floor to talk about like you obviously you love this movie and, and it's it's kind of radiating from you so and like i said to you off air i think you've 
you've, you've helped me like it a little bit more just listening <laughs> to you talk about it. So we're going to do, yeah. we're going to give you as much time as you need to talk about it. Um, and then uh, Taylor and I will finish up this episode after uh, we say goodbye to you. So the floor is yours, sir. Yeah. Thanks, Jimmy. Like this, this movie, you know, like I said before, this was an event viewing for me. Like I've been a fan of Snyder's for many years now. Um, I, <laughs> I admittedly love the slow motion. I was like, Hey, give me more. I'll take more of it. You know, whereas <laughs> I, I know this may not be every, the cup of tea for everybody. Uh, you know, I, I think that at the core, you know, people have been hearing like, this is Snyder's star Wars, right? This is Snyder's star Wars. This is his pitch to Lucasfilm. I think that this is, somewhat of a pitch that he had to lucasfilm i bet you the pitch was pretty much like this is seven samurai in in space right which is pretty much what we got at the end of the day here Mm -hmm. and it would have somehow fit into the star wars um galaxy and universe there whether it be post something you know post return of the jedi or even a thousand plus years in the future i'm sure they would have worked out together but at the time that he pitched this which was supposedly right after the disney sale right they were they'd already announced episode 7 8 and 9 they were full scale on doing that stuff and the kind of the spin-offs in the vein of like um they take place kind of near the original trilogy in that type of mm-hmm. time frame so you know not necessarily they didn't say no perhaps because they're like we don't like the idea whatsoever but they were probably just like it's just not in our cards right now to to do something like this and um Frankly, from what I've heard in interviews, this is something that he's had in his head since the 80s as a concept overall when he was in um, college. He basically was told to um, put together like a, a pitch idea, like put quickly just write down a pitch idea and uh, everyone in the class had to put forth something. And he basically just said Seven Samurai in space. And the teacher was like, hey, that's actually a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, um you know, I think that to call it just like, is it a Star Wars copy? Is it a Star Wars ripoff? I'm not sure if that's necessarily fair because, you know, in watching it a few times, uh, there's obviously homages to Star Wars. The opening crawl being said by Jimmy is something there. but And, and the mm-hmm. mother world being kind of a villainous group in the vein of the Empire. You know, it's hard to say after just seeing part one and not even the extended version of part one. And once we have part two, whether it is so close to Star Wars or whatnot. And even Star Wars has ripped off Sam and Samurai in many ways. And oh, uh, yeah. the episodes of the Clone Wars, plus the, the episode four of the Mandalorian, which are clear uh, homages to Kurosawa's work there. So in a way, I wonder, you know, in my head, I think about what would George Lucas think about this movie? And I, what I've always thought about is like, George has always said, or at least from maybe I'm misremembering this, but I think he said at some point that, you know, don't watch Star Wars to create Star Wars. Or maybe Favreau or Filoni have said this. I may be misremembering who actually said these quotes here. Um, but at some point, someone has said, if you want to create a Star Wars, don't watch Star Wars to be inspired to create more Star Wars. Watch the stuff that inspired George Lucas in order to create Star Wars yeah. and then create your own thing about it and see if that fits into the universe or whatnot. And then if they can, they will. And if not, and so be it. So watch the things mm-hmm. like those Western films that inspired George Lucas, those Republic serials from the 1930s and particularly seven samurai and see what comes out. And yeah. frankly, I feel like Snyder did that and put it through the prism that is his mind and his likes and interests and all that stuff. And what you get on the other end is rebel moon child fire part one here, um, which, you know, I, I feel like was um, a very successful tr- take into this expansive universe. Like I'm still thinking about it two weeks from no, it's been two weeks already. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> very close here. Two weeks. Yeah. Since, uh, since it officially came out and uh, you know, it's, it's, 
it's wild to create a brand new universe with brand new characters and and a whole new mythology and stories and to still be thinking about it two weeks later when so many other things have come out like i've really enjoyed this new percy jackson series that's come out and i'm oh, not yeah. even thinking about right. that right now <laughs> i'm still thinking about <laughs> rebel moon and what these characters mean to me and it's just so wild how the 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 concept of the seven samurai this magnificent seven this this band of of heroes or not even heroes per se especially in this galaxy this people with like troubled pasts and guilt <laughs> that want to come together for a grand cause to unite to believe in something grand and this the concept that Cora says about like why she's fighting is just the ultimate thesis of Rebel Moon um to me which is kindness is a virtue worth dying for which is so powerful to me in the end of the day like why why would these group of people come together to you know fight to the death probably against an unmatched um villainous group such as the mother world mm-hmm. that has a dreadnought that is a planet killer it's kindness it's kindness and and those people of velt showed her kindness in a time when um she was at her lowest we're going to find out yeah. more about cora's backstory why she landed on it is princess isa still alive did she have any play with that whole destruction of the slain king. Did she kill yeah. Princess Issa? Is Princess Issa Sam? I'm seeing these theories go around the internet. I have my thoughts on them. Uh, I think the novelization has some thoughts on that too. Uh, so perhaps the three-hour cut will show a bit more on that front there. Maybe yeah. Princess Issa is just an ideal. Maybe it's just an ideal to strive for, right? This idea of they, you know people can be good and change the be an engine for change that turns us into good people. Uh, all that stuff is out there, but at the end of the day, kindness is something we can take into our everyday lives and to fight for it. Um, if we see people being, uh, you know, even as, as simple as, you know, people being mean to other people and standing up for them and, and just saying, hey, don't do that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, helping the people that probably are in a position to un- not be able to help themselves. Um, I think that at the end of the day, you know, Star Wars at its core is a movie for 12 year olds on the precipice of going out into society and the 12 year old and all of us there it's a coming of age story for everybody right we're all still learning uh to be better people and to take these themes that are playing out in this grand space opera and to say all right luke skywalker threw his lightsaber down in the face of great evil and said i'm not going to fight you i'm going to choose pacifism and to believe in you and to believe that there's good Mm -hmm. in you and that you will do that uh, and be a good person at the end of the day, right? That's something I can do too. I can stand up to my to my bullies and say, "No, you're better than this," <laughs> uh, and and choose pacifism at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. you know, sometimes folks, villainous folks, aren't going to throw down their weapons like that. And you have to know your villain at the end of the day too. I don't think Admiral Noble's going to throw down his weapons at the mm-hmm. end of the day. But no. sometimes you do have to take up arms, and some things are worth fighting for. And kindness is absolutely one of those virtues to fight for at the end of the day. Um, so overall, that's kind of my my thesis there on Rebel Moon. Uh, at the end, at, at the end of all this, I think it's been a wonderful foray into this vast new world. I'm excited that there's going to be a lot more um, expansion of this universe. There's going to be a, a prequel comic book series on the Blood Axes. We'd we'll really love to know a lot more about them, which is going to be exciting. I think there's some prequel animation series. I think there's going to be some like tabletop RPG game set in this universe. Obviously, we're getting part two. In my head, I don't know if this whole story is going to be wrapped up in part two. I've kind of had the speculation theory with my my wife and uh, our uh, brother-in-law 
that uh, you know, part two will probably conclude the Admiral Noble defense of this farm village, but then that whole region Balisarius and the mother world is, you know, what are they going to do with that? Are they going to destroy the the system that they have set up for them? Is there going to be a new government that comes in and takes place? Is it the blood axes? Is it somebody else? Um, I just, I'm not sure if a three hour film will be able to conclude all that in part two. So, you know, maybe if, if this film is doing successfully on Netflix, which it seems like it's doing, it's still number one in many countries across the world at this point. Um, Maybe we'll we'll get a lot more, and I'd be, I'd be very excited to see where the the vast openness of this universe can go without the constraints of well, this is how this works, this is how this works. This character did this fifteen years ago, and he can't do that now. It's yeah. it's an open playing field, which I think if it did happen within you know let's say two thousand thirteen, Lucasfilm says yes to this project. I'm not sure we would get the Rebel Moon that we got now. So um, no, I'm happy it would have been way different. We, absolutely, it would have been totally different. Um, so I'm happy with what we got here, and I'm excited that it doesn't have to be within a particular sandbox. And this is a whole new sandbox we get to enjoy separately, which also kind of takes the vein of the wonderful things that Lucas put forth together. And now we get this other separate um, separate sauce, if you will, that you know we get to put on mm. our burgers and enjoy. <laughs> um, much like the creator, too. We're in this vein of like people taking Star Wars in the, in the ilk of Star Wars and turning it into whatever they think is um, a fun action adventure serial that tells us great themes about ourselves and humanity that we can um, put forth into our daily lives. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, yeah, you brought, I think, well, first of all, I think Netflix and Zack Slander need to hire you to do the PR because I know that um, this, like I said, you know, the ratings and things like that of this film are uh, not doing great, but I think if people can hear you, <laughs> I think that they would. Um, like, I'm excited for part two now. Like, woo! I know. But, now um, I just got like, oh, I, yeah. I think I like this like three points more now. <laughs> just your points <laughs> of view. You know, I know you got. I know you got to get going here, but I do think too. Like you said, um, you know what inspires George Lucas, and I, and I, I don't know if that was Gareth Edwards or like you said, Dave or John, um, mm-hmm. one of those I guys talking dog. about it, but. Um, it's great to see that now Star Wars is that thing that is inspiring people mm-hmm. to make, you know, and they're in a, and you know, George copied Dune. He copied yeah. Corsair. I mean, he copied all these things. Now people are copying him. I mean, and it's hard to, you know, come up with something brand new, but, um, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I just, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I think it's kind of a cool thing though, that now people are taking Star Wars and are using that as their inspiration. Whereas, you know, our kids or our grandkids will talk about George Lucas the way that George Lucas talked about Kurosawa and different people. So it's kind Absolutely. of exciting. Yeah. You know, we're kind of in that transition phase, I think. So, um, Anthony, is there anything else uh, you'd like to let our listeners and viewers know before you have to take off? Yeah, thanks for um, allowing me to have the soapbox to kind of chat all about Rebel Moon and to kind of hear your thoughts and theories about it. And I'm glad that, you know, I've had the ability to sway your minds a bit about this and make you a little bit more excited about part two. I would definitely recommend checking out the novelization in the interim here if you want to spoil yourself. Um, I'll be honest, the the plot points are the exact same. It's not like you're going to get like a whole bit more of a detail about like certain scenes. Um, you just get a lot more backstory about certain characters, like uh, particularly um, Eris, the the main character of like that soldier group that is left behind. Mm-hmm. There, you get a lot more about his backstory, which I you know I hope is certainly in um, the extended cut of this. And like I gotta say, it's a lot. It's very sexy. 
So if you're <laughs> into into spicy stuff, you know, uh, check out <laughs> check out the book. Check out the book. All right. That's all I gotta say on that all front. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, thanks for again for having me on here. It's been a real pleasure to chat uh, about this. And um, if for the folks at home, if you want to um, hear a bit more about uh, the the fun stuff that we got going on at Force Ghost Conversations, just search for us on any of your major podcast platforms: Apple, Spotify. Um, TikTok, we're available on all the social media platforms too. So, like I said, TikTok, um, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Just hit us up and we'll be there in some way, shape, or form. We'd love to have conversations about this fun stuff. Like uh, Jimmy mentioned, we're doing our Ahsoka um, discussions right now. So, we'll be concluding that next week with episode eight. So, uh, probably about the time you're listening to this, you'll be able to go check out all of the uh, Ahsoka conversations that we've had, which have been really fun and exciting to dive into that, especially a few months after the show, too. So, we've had it let, some time to let it sit and marinate with us uh, so that we yeah. can maybe change our opinions, think through things differently. Maybe it sat with us differently after we've been with it for a, a little bit of time here. So, um, really exciting stuff coming in the new year, too, with Forest Coast Conversations. We'll be hitting up a bit more conventions across the country. Um, so we uh, hope to continue to grow the seats around the campfire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Anthony. Well, thank you. Have a great uh, New Year's Eve, and uh, hopefully we'll chat soon. Yeah, same. Thank you to you, too. Yeah, it's nice meeting you. <laughs> All right. Well, um, first off, Force Ghost Conversations, Anthony, incredible. Uh, hopefully, everyone should check him out. You know, he's. Um, but Taylor and I are going to go ahead and dive into some stuff. Um, we're, we may not be as positive uh, <laughs> as Anthony was. Um, we, I, I do like the movie better now, having listened to Anthony's deep dive. I think sure. he was like. And I, and I also think that I wish more people, maybe including ourselves, would be able to focus on the things that we like sometimes more than the things that we disliked. And yes. I think that our fandom would be a lot better place if we all had um, the outlook that uh, you know, Force Ghost Conversations has. Yeah. So, we all need to be more like yeah. Anthony. <laughs> yeah. Be more like that should be everyone's 2024 resolution. <laughs> be more like Anthony. Yeah. So, but um, yeah. So, Taylor, you have a few more things you want to talk about and then we'll, get, we'll wrap this up. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to talk about like what our favorite scenes were and then maybe we'll talk about a little bit what we didn't like. Well, I'll just, you know, I'll start off. So, my favorite scene in this whole film is it's got to be the part where the droid or sorry the robot the defender of the royal family i'll say yeah when he comes in and he picks up the weapon and the mm-hmm. general or sorry the commander is like shoot them i'm telling you to shoot them you stupid and he just he's not even holding the we- the gun like the blaster he's looking at it and he just shoots him so easily bam done and he just saves the girl from you know, the group of rapists, apparently yeah. what we were about to have to watch. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that was, that was off putting to me a little I mean, bit. There was, a, I mean, I think that's, yeah, they were, they were making you dislike the Imperium, which they did a fantastic job For sure. of making me dislike the, and that's, that's the PG 13 version. I'm not sure I want to see this rated R version. Cause yeah. It's scary. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So Anthony's yeah. saying that there's like a whole non, PG-13 cut and I feel like I was already like ooh, like I that, don't know that, yeah it took me out of my comfort zone even the stuff in the cantina took me a little out of my comfort zone but Jimmy again, that whole scene little... of the cantina scene all happened because the farmer was good looking well yeah 
<laughs> they all wanted to rape him. That's yeah, all. They... That's what it was. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, There's a lot of dirty rapists in this movie, which was kind of weird. And I don't know if that's because they wanted to make it a little bit edgy. Like that's what uh, Andrew, one of our yeah. listeners said to me, he's like, maybe they wanted it to be edgy. And I'm like, no, I didn't like that part, but I yeah. loved that droid with the shooting, yes. with the, with the flowers on his head. <laughs> like, but yeah. honestly, that's, do... yeah. But that scene where they're sitting down by the water under the bridge mm. and he's telling um, the girl, the story Sam. about the royal family. And let's just point out that this droid robot has never seen the princess. He even says it. He says, when I was out fighting the wars, I heard of her birth and I felt warmth for the galaxy because she was going to bring this whole new era. But he never met her. So if that girl, the water girl, is actually Sam. is actually the princess that would be like crazy because he's like yeah. you remind me of her you know what i mean so but i i really liked that scene yeah there were some really good emotional you know things like that i really enjoyed and that that seems more star warsy to me than yeah. some of these cantina scenes and some of the things that I necessarily didn't really like with, you know, those scenes of, you know, like the sexual violence almost that happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I know I'm getting old too and I'm, it's not, you know, but I, I really did like those scenes were the things that really uh, kind of spoke to me and, you know, listening to Anthony talk about uh, the way he saw the movie too. And, you know, mm -hmm. those are the part of the things that he really liked as well. I don't want to speak for him, but just no. hearing his positivity, um, you know, those scenes and those robots or droids I've, I've i have in my notes they have to be the answer to how they beat the imperium because if they can do that without even aiming and there's hundreds or thousands of them and they all find some reason to rally around a character if it's sam yes yeah. the princess um whatever it is i you know i think that they're going to be a huge key uh component to defeating the Imperium. Yeah. Or at least this portion of them moving forward. So yeah, that, that's, yeah, that was a good scene. Um, mm. I enjoyed the getting to meet Nemesis, right? The lady with the, the sword. So like our, kind yeah. of our, like our Jedi sword fighter kind of <laughs> thing. I liked her style, her little hat turned sideways. Yeah. And her she, makeup. You know, she has cool. her pain. Um, she goes in there, you know, because she's lost her children. She wasn't going to let this, I don't know, again, we don't, you know, we're not as invested in this as we are Star Wars. We don't know a lot of the names of these creatures. And, yeah. you know, if they continue to build this the way I've heard and if Anthony has spoken about, then maybe we will be able to say, well, that's this kind of creature or that's this kind of creature. But as of right now, it's a spider lady. I thought um, she looked like Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, it was the girl <laughs> from the Hunger Games. Uh, it was the girl from Hunger Games. I can't think of uh, not. It was the one of the one of the uh, one of the winner previous winners. Yes, and the, um, uh, I totally yeah, I can't know think exactly. of her name off the top of my head, but she. I thought she did a pretty good job. And then also, like there was things there too, like you know, like is that is that the spiders talking? No one wants to hear what she has to say because she's hideous and she's scary. Yeah. But she's like, you guys have destroyed my culture. Like you've destroyed my family. My what children will never than, be born. Yeah, like what yeah. makes your family better than my family? And that kind of spoke to me a little bit. Again, like I said, like 
Not a huge, huge fan of this uh, this so, so far. Now, I do want to give it its fair due. I want to see yeah. this three-hour cut. I want to see the second part. Um, but, like, I thought moments like that and the moments like you were talking about, like, there were some these bits of humanity. And sometimes I think yeah. maybe they were lost because, like, you see the spider, you don't want to hear what it's saying because it's scary and you want it to die. And that's like, but it's saying, ten like, eyes. you know, like, yeah, like you've killed my, you've killed my culture, you've killed my children. Now she's obviously handling it in a way that I'm going to kill every child, every child now yeah, until every single mother child, is sleeping. So. But I thought that was a pretty cool scene. Yeah, the headbutt, uh, the spider favorite. headbutt. Oh yeah, she like drills her. Yeah, oh. I'm like you would be dead. Yeah, that'd be so. like yeah, concave head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I also, um, you know, I really like the rebels. I really like their dreadlocks um, and like the blue and all black blood face paint. Yeah, they were cool. Yeah. Like all of them were all painted up and like, I don't know, just like a lot of them had dreadlocks and like, I just, I thought that was super cool. I don't know why. Just, they're awesome. They they look super cool. Yeah. No, mm. I, I, I think for me, it was like right on the edge of being really good. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, you know, if it's an extra 45 minutes of storytelling, I know some people are like, ugh, you know, storytelling, blah. But if that's what it takes to like, because I feel like it was real patchy. Like we jumped from one planet to another planet to another planet. Like that's all we did. And then yeah. those characters disappeared until the end and they were barely in that fat last fight scene. Yeah. Do we get more of them in the second part? Like we I probably will. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is like, I, I don't, I guess I don't understand it's kind of like the matrix, you know how like they had matrix two and three planned. They're like, well, we got to go back and tell the story. <laughs> I almost feel like they needed to do something like that before they dove into this. Cause it just seems like a lot of people were turned off by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me personally, it's like these gaps and things that are missing. I don't know why I have to wait a couple months or weeks or whatever it's going to be to have these filled in by another version of this. Like that seems kind of silly to me. Yeah. Like, I just, Give me three hours. Let me get invested in it. Cause like you build that, you build that up. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm confused by, I guess the marketing and the, uh, how they're releasing this stuff. Yeah. So I do yeah. think it has potential to be really great. Really good at least. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? I, there was, I just think there was a really lo- there was, a lot of really good scenes, but there was also a lot of like really odd, weird scenes where you have to pause it and be like, wait, wait, what? Like, um, I don't know the hippie Viking tribes on Velts where they're like, make love tonight for the grain harvest. And it's like, okay. And they all just start lifting up their women and leaving. It's like, what the like that was a little bit weird. Uh, the weaver, uh, Sigourney weaver spider scene, I thought was like a little bit weird. Um, that scene where general Titus is like getting us bath scrub. What is that? Like a scrub bath. Like she's like totally going for it. She's like, that was too far. I think that was something else that was going on. Yeah. I don't know. And then she like, and then Cora like walks up and gets right down to talk to him, but she's like right at his giant thighs and it's like damn that's a lot of thighs like <laughs> yeah. there were some questionable things but some um, questionable things yeah um, yeah like shirtless matthew mcconaughey he was hilarious um the bar fight yeah. 
the guy, like the aliens were just so weird. Like the one alien that's like talking through the person. That was creepy, right? Like, it was, I was like, super Whoa. creepy. And why couldn't the guy have a shirt on? Like, I don't know. Aliens don't worry hey. about shirts or whatever. But like, and okay. Lord of the Rings fans. There's a ton of orcs in this, right? Like, I'm seeing a ton of Lord of the Rings villains being reused, it looks like. I feel like I saw a ton of orcs. Like, just, like, oh, we've got these in the back shot. Oh, yeah, like the bounty hunters and stuff like that. Yeah, they just look like... I thought that 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 guy who walks into the cantina, the the guy who's, like, assaulting Gunner... He wasn't assaulting him. He was was complimenting him. (laughs) And Oh, yeah, he grabbed his crotch. He did assault yeah, him. Yeah, like yeah, he assaulted him. Um, you can compliment someone without grabbing their crotch, I think. Yeah. But, <laughs> but maybe. So, how would you let someone grab your crotch? I'm sorry if someone comes like I, yeah. that. You you got to move your body a little bit, right? You don't just stand so, there. Especially I, a guy I think, who like, looks like... like orcs and stuff. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I mean that guy's a kind of a pacifist. I think you know Anthony talked about his. He's probably the one character that grew the most over that because he's like he won't even defend himself. And yeah. By the end of it, he's saving, you know, he's saving people. So, I mean, there is some, and I, and I think sometimes too, like we get kind of caught up in like, most of my notes are negative. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Like, I tried to put positive stuff positive in. Stuff, um, but again, that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring force ghost conversations on here. Cause I've listened to his podcast. He is super positive and he always seems to have a different view on things. And, yeah. you know, and I feel like, personally like for me i'm like Oof, like i feel better about this i mean i still have my criticisms and i'm allowed to have those but and uh, as you know as we all are but yeah um, you know i it makes me want to focus on the positive a little bit more so and I, you know i i thought there were some good things there a lot of you know i i saw lord of the rings i saw harry potter i saw um i saw justice Avatar. league yeah. yeah justice league type stuff so i mean there was a ton of things that he pulled in from People were giving him a hard time about that, Zack Snyder. But I mean, George is famously ripped off. Yeah, all kinds of stuff, you know, like <laughs> just stuff so, that we don't I mean, remember anymore. You yeah. Know? yeah, 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 yeah. No, um, there was. I also, yeah, I also think that this kind of shows how special Star Wars is to some of us, um, because obviously Anthony is a huge Zack Snyder fan. Like he loves. He loves Zack Snyder stuff. So he's going to come into this in a better place. I came into this really hoping for something great. I wanted yeah. to be like, Ooh, like, like when I went and saw Dune, I was like, you know, wh- what's going to happen. I was really kind of blown away by Dune. Um, and I wanted that same, uh, experience for mm-hmm. me. I didn't, I don't feel like I got it on the first viewing, but, um, I do think that it kind of shows us how special star Wars is to you and I, to Jack, yeah people who listen to, you know, our show or watch our show, um, that it really takes a lot, you know, is many, you know, we all have criticisms of star Wars, but it takes a lot for us to want to jump ship or, you know, like it, it would be very difficult to recreate star Wars. Evidently. Know, I <laughs> yeah. And I think that this kind of shows that even, I mean, even like the prequels have issues, re, you know, restarting, star wars yeah you know they've had to choose so trying to do it in a completely different franchise i mean it has to be challenging i you know i give zach snyder all the credit in the world for, i mean he knew this wasn't going to go well like yeah. half the people are going to love it and half people are going to hate it you know at at best I yeah. think you're gonna get a 50 split so kudos to him for going after it i guess i would yeah, right. be afraid to do it 
So yeah, well now I'm looking forward to part two, which actually part two uh, comes out in April, April 19th, 2024. So it's not that far away actually, but we learned that the Snyder cut, the extra long is coming out before that. So yeah. So that'll be good. Uh, again, we'll get we'll get Anthony back on here to talk about stuff. Is there anything else that you can you 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 know you want to talk about with it or? Um, um, I'm just thinking of the very end where the robot is running with deer antlers on his head. <laughs> that was very like Lord uh, like Lord of the Flies kind of. Uh, I just don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand. Like so. Do we need to read that? You know, and that's been a criticism of Star Wars and Marvel is like, you shouldn't have to read stuff to know what's going on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I wonder, and I, I'll probably message Anthony and ask him like, you know, what, what, what was that about? Like, what was this, you know, is this like a connection of like the mechanic robot becoming part of nature? I, I honestly was kind of baffled. Now I didn't get that far <laughs> the second time I watched it. I watched it the first time we were in New York on vacation and we had a long day. So I watched it on my phone. So, um, I was kind of like, you know, that's the tail end of it. It's like one o'clock in the morning for me. And I'm like, what is, what is happening? What? <laughs> I know. I look at my maybe, husband and I was like, what is that? I was like, why is he running with the antlers on his head? Yeah, maybe <laughs> we've missed something. Yeah. Um, he evolved from wait. the flowers on his head, which were okay. Cause I like flowers. Um, but yeah. you know what? If you look at that droid, sorry, I keep saying droid. If you look at that robot, He's really cool. And you can tell that he's like, oh. his face is all in different pieces. Like he's been replaced and like, yeah. he just, you just get a good feeling from that droid. And like when Sam touches his face and all of his little eyes up. light up and it's like, is that him yeah. smiling? It's like, Oh, and then, yeah, that was, that droid was like the part that I liked the most. And Cora's yeah. cleavage was pretty good too. But of course, the, you know, fit. she was a fit lady. Like, yes, I want to see her. Damn. I would. I want to see her be a Jedi. Like I want to see her in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, like her like, arms are awesome. like. Whew. Yeah, she's ripped. Yeah, and honestly, when the movie started and it says um, contains like partial nudity, it's like woo. And then all we get is a guy's butt and like weird <laughs> tentacles sucking out of him. I don't even know what was going on there either. But yeah, it was. We just maybe we just need some more history. To understand the octopus leeches. Yes, I think we, yes, I think that, and I think that, you know, they're creating this and and he's going out. I mean, there's not, you you sit there and you think about Star Wars, A New Hope. There's some weird stuff, but there's nothing that's like. Yeah, like the mosquito. Yeah. So like, you know, there's nothing like, like that that goes on. Um, And, you know, maybe that George playing it safe and Zach's not, you know, he's like, I don't have to play it safe. I'm I'm already established. Like, what would George have done Mm -hmm. later on, I guess? You know what, though? George also had a fan base in mind, too, because he had, he wanted kids to like this. I don't think Zach Snyder was focusing on kids. I think he was focusing on adult viewers. Yeah, like, it's almost like Zach was like, what does Star Wars not do? What does Star Wars always leave out? Star Wars is family friendly. There's not sex. There's not drugs. There's not rape. All this craziness in star wars i mean there is there's some weird stuff we got zombies and witches and like spells and curses and prophecies yeah it's just different it's just different and and that's okay (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i think i i really do think that not getting the full picture is a is a bad move because this yeah. has gotten some really bad press. Now you, you could go with, you know, 
no press is bad press. Like everything is good. And it, it's got people talking, like you said, it's still number one in different countries. Um, yeah. But you know, they re-release this. Is that, is it all about views? Is it Netflix? Like, are right, we going to do this? Then you're going to release another one. So more people come and view it. But I'm not, I mean, I had somebody tell me like, I was going to get Netflix for this, but I kept Netflix for this show. Like I'm gonna get rid of Netflix. I'm like, well, this looks really cool from the trailer. Yeah. Cause I was going to cancel a few months ago. I kept it. I'm kind of like, you know, <sighs> but I, I don't get that. I think that it, for people like us, like we like the story, we like the lore, we like, you know, I mean, that's what we do every weekend. Yeah. Maybe, maybe from a point where we just don't know enough yet to really be able to dive into it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, I don't know. I'm trying to be positive, but I think yeah. there's some, some issues with it. I think everyone should watch it, make their own opinion. Yes. I don't do think don't that. ever take someone else's opinion as your own. Always experience no, it and no. feel and I, how you want to feel. Because like we're completely, I mean, we couldn't be further away from, you know, where Anthony was at uh, with his positivity and stuff like that. But I would have liked to talk to him about some of this stuff and to see where where he falls on it. Maybe we'll get a chance to do that. Who knows? Um, It is New Year's Eve. That was where we're recording. We weren't even supposed to do this, but Rebel Moon Uh, last day of the year (laughs) finish out with a bang and some antlers (laughs) yes (laughs) robots with antlers is how we're going to finish 2023 (laughs) are we going to give are we going to give some scores for this jimmy oh let's give some scores (laughs) we made some we made a new friend in anthony hopefully he likes us yeah Um, yeah i want to be his friend and uh yeah let's give it a score so we're gonna go out of five right yeah i feel like if we went at a 10 it would just be brutal so we're going to go okay. out of five. So out of All five, right. I'm going to give it a 2.5. And that's a solid 50% okay. because there was so many things I loved about it. And there's just so many things that were dragging me back. Like, why? Stop. Like, and, but there was so just, there was a lot of good stuff and there was a lot of weird stuff. And the show kept me like I, I was engaged in it the first time I watched it. Like I, I didn't yes, get up I and would. go to the washroom six times or anything. That's so it was interesting. Would, yeah. Yeah. I would say the same thing too. Like no, I'm going to give a little bit higher score, but the first time I watched it, I was engaged. I was like, yes. what's going to happen next? Where's the story going? Like, so it wasn't so bad that I turned it off and was like, yeah, I'm done with this. Yeah. So, and then, um, I was going to give it a three, but listening to like Anthony and his positivity, I think he has influenced me a little bit. I'll go like 3.25, 3.5. I mean, it's still not a great score if you think about it, but, and I will love to revisit this once we get the rest of it. Cause I think that's yes. going to make a big difference. I think, and again, I can't stress enough how much I think it was a huge mistake the way they've released this. Yeah. Unless they have a plan that we don't know about. And maybe that's just it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe more releases means more. Yeah. More releases, more viewers. More viewers. I mean, it is a money. It is. It is about money. It's It's always about about pleasure. So, I mean, they they got, they got what they wanted out of it. And for 166 million, you're getting like four movies, you know? So people who really love it are going to watch it multiple times. And people who don't are going to watch it once or twice. And people like us are going to watch it a couple times because (laughs) we're our One of our side hustles is, uh, reviewing stuff like this so yeah <laughs> probably gonna get what they want i guess but um <laughs> so well i think i think we've kind of talked about it to the point where 
I think everyone should just go out and see it, watch it, let us know what you think. Yeah, Love we're it, still just it. up in the air about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of still just kind of floating around. I I really need to wait till April and kind mm-hmm. of conclude. But yeah. the first part of what we got, I'm not blown away by it. It was very so, confusing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would. Yeah. So, well, all right. Well, I just <laughs> want to say for everybody, I hope you know again this will come out January second. But I want to hope wish everyone a happy New Year. Happy Taylor, New Year, Jack over in Spain. Um, all of our listeners and our followers, and thank you guys for an awesome 2023. Yeah. Um, check us out everywhere at Explore the Force, mm-hmm. all the social medias, um, YouTube, you know, Spotify. I think we're on Google Play, mm-hmm. and of course we're on TikTok, Instagram, X, Threads. <laughs> I heard some new one called Blue Stream. I really don't want to do another social media. But oh, jeez. <laughs> I know. It's like no, no more. But. <laughs> Uh, you want to take us out Taylor well this has been quite an interesting one and this has been a really great year for us this is our first year thank you guys for listening to us and following us and uh, commenting and we always want to hear from you that's why we created this podcast was so that we could make more friends and chat with more people about Star Warsy stuff so thank you guys again for joining us on the Gaze Electric in 2023 and uh I guess we'll wrap it up. This is from me for light and life. Yes. And for all of us and for 2023, we have spoken. See you next year. (laughs) See you next year. Oh man. (laughs) Bye.